boys welcome back episode 63 of the booth review podcast we are here it is tuesday evening we're gonna be talking nhl outdoor games little cam newton little tiger woods maybe a little march madness preview if we have time so that's what we're gonna be talking about so welcome to the show we've got seth and myself as always seth we saw you this past weekend we did it was it was a nice little surprise i was just kind of bored on my phone scrolling through instagram and your uh your story popped up and it said something or other boston i was like oh he's around and so we were at davio's we were hanging out with davio himself oh were you (laughs) do you know said davio i do yeah i do know davio yeah (laughs) yeah there's a few davios that i know one in one in the back bay one in the seaport one in foxborough and one in linfield those are the da- those are the Davios that I know. Okay. Yeah. There's definitely a joke here that's going over my head that I just don't understand. Um, those are the different locations of the restaurant. Okay. Yeah. No, <laughs> I just I'm I'm not familiar with it at all. I just saw Boston. I was like, okay, he's in Boston. Let's shoot him a message. Let's shot you a message. Y'all popped over for a couple of minutes. Yeah, we made I it over. Stepped where there was not a step and ate shit. Oh. It's fun. I totally forgot about that. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah, there was snow all over the place. And who was over? It was uh, it was Tommy, right? No, it was Lynch. Lynch was yeah, over. Yeah, Tommy was, was not there. <laughs> not who was there. No, you know, it was at first. It was funny because I looked at him and I didn't recognize him because of the mask. Right. Like, I oh, don't know right, Lynch yeah. well enough to, like, recognize him with the mask. And they both have kind of similar haircuts. That's, but, I do think Tommy and Lynch look a lot alike. Yeah. So it's it, it's like. In my brain, I was like, who like I was like, who the fuck is that? Like, I reckon well, I recognized what's his face right away. Freaking <laughs> five hole goddess over there. Um, <laughs> I've never seen him play hockey. I just that's, that's the only thing I think of is just like he's definitely got a Swiss cheese five hole. Like, I recognized him right away. <laughs> how, how can you not? <laughs> All right. No. Um, but yeah, so I go over to Dap of Lynchy and I go to step, but there's so much snow that I can't tell where the steps end. And I wasn't even thinking about, oh, the steps could possibly just not be there. And I stepped and I just fell backwards. And that was he, it. he went right down <laughs> like a sack of potatoes. It was it was awesome. Uh, like I was I was I didn't want to like laugh. <laughs> I had just I had just dapped you up. So we were like. I called Seth because we're like trying to find this apartment that he's at and there's nowhere to park. So we end up like finding the side street, parking on the side street, whatever. And then I call Seth and I go, I'm on a street, but I don't know where. And he goes, "Okay, I'll grab my mask and then hung up. And I was like, all right, I guess we're just walking now. So we we correctly picked left and decided to walk left. And then Seth just pops out of an apartment. And I was like, oh, we made it. And then I dab Seth up and I'm like, you know, staying off to the side, whatever. And then you just went right down. Uh, and I didn't want to laugh, but it was it was funny. Uh, I did this whole thing, too, because, like, I don't have boots with me. Like, I don't have regular winter boots with me because I just don't. Um, and I've been wearing sneakers, you know, everywhere. And I maintain that sneakers are a perfectly fine way to get around, which is true. Other than the fact that my sneakers are basically smooth on the bottom, like yep. quite literally smooth. Um, and so I slip a lot, but I haven't fallen over. And so I, that's a point of pride with me is that I will slip, but I won't fall over. And so this time <laughs> when I actually Saturday. fell over, right. Except <laughs> that's different, right? Cause I didn't slip on anything. I just stepped and there wasn't anything there and I went away. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It was a good time though. Um, 
flinch you with the directions, man. I was telling Seth beforehand, he didn't, he didn't hear about our adventure home. So like, you know, we talked about this on a few podcasts ago, like I'm the draw, I'm the chauffeur for everybody. Everyone remembers how I hit Michael with my car on accident. And so I'm driving as always. I will point out because you guys aren't seeing this. He said on accident, put up air quotes. So he definitely hit him on purpose. I didn't mean to hit him, but like, was it, I guess it's the act, the accident part of it is like, was it my fault or was it not? Cause I don't think it was my fault. I think it was a thousand percent Michael's fault for not being in the car on time. Uh, and also the events leading up to it, them like all just hopping out of the car. Like I was an Uber driver and leaving me to fend for myself little uncool. But anyway, we get in my car, my car has CarPlay. So like if you plug the iPhone jack into the phone, it like pops up on the screen. It's CarPlay. So that's how I get like my GPS, my directions where my car has navigation in it, but like it's, you know, car navigation versus like Waze or Apple, you know, maps or whatever is just doesn't hold a candle to it. So we're trying to I know how to maneuver my way in and out of Boston. That wasn't really the issue. The issue was like, how do I get out of this like apartment neighborhood thing that I've never been to before? Like I can get us to and fro Boston with my eyes closed. But this was foreign territory to me. So I needed him to help me get back onto the road that I knew. And the CarPlay wasn't working. So we were trying to plug the phone in and get the GPS. It wasn't working. I was like, all right, Michael, you're going to have to give me directions. And Michael's been good with the directions in the past. When we were driving down to Nantucket, granted, that's not really that hard of a drive. And it's just like a straight shot on the highway the whole time. But he was good with the directions then. So I figured he'd be a good directions guy now. Brownie was in the backseat. I don't know how that happened because Brownie's a lot older than Michael is. So he should have seniority, but not my problem. So I'm like, Michael, you need to give me directions because I don't know where we're going. Um, And these were the basic directions that I got. Turn here. Go there. That turn there. That road there. And then he would get mad when I missed it. Like those weren't the most like obscure directions I've ever heard in my life. It's nighttime. It was like 11 o'clock at night. And I you could hardly see anything. There's like nobody on the road and I can't see where Michael's pointing or know where his eyes are looking. He's like, Oh, right there, go there. And then I'd miss it. And he'd be like, what the hell? Why didn't you take the turn? I'm like, what does go there mean? How about take a right onto X street or veer left onto this Avenue? Not, Oh, there, Oh, you have to go there. Look, go there. Like buddy, you gotta help me out a little bit. So that was my experience on Saturday night. All love, no, no hate. Um, but, but yeah, someone who, someone who wasn't too good operating a motor vehicle recently, Tiger Woods was in the news today. Tiger Woods was in a single car crash. Uh, shout out to the transition on my part. That was a beautiful transition. Uh, and we're talking about this now and making light of the situation because we know now that everyone is okay and that tiger is okay. And you know, like, you know, God willing or God, thank God that everybody's, uh, he was the only person involved, but thank God that that was the maximum of the damage. So now we're, we're talking about the situation and that's why I make light of it. But tiger woods wasn't a car crash today and we're hoping the best for tiger woods. Uh, um, initial thoughts, Seth. Um, oh, right. I mean, this could be like, I don't, I hate to say it, but this could do him in, in terms of golf. Yeah. I mean, well, first off he wasn't exactly in, well, I guess 
you know, we saw Dwayne Wade played golf with him yesterday. So that was like Dwayne Wade is, you know, playing golf with Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods is actually like kind of close to being back, you know, you know, or at least he's close or, you know, he's doing well enough in recovery from that back surgery that he had to, you know, be back on the course. Right. But I don't think, you know, he was noncommittal about whether or not he would play the Masters, which is over a month and a half away. Right. Yeah. So he was still a decent way away i'm just hoping that when they i mean surgery makes it me think that it was a clean break right like that why else would you need surgery i mean they they're, yeah. they have to be putting rods in or something like they're like what or you know maybe he like tore ligaments or something they decided you you know what is whatever it is surgery means you're gonna be out for a couple of months now so i mean definitely yeah. not but you know when you see the photos of it right like it looks bad yeah it looks awful like, I don't know what type of car that was because it was so mangled, but whatever it was, like not a not a great job by the car. Um, but then like you, you start hearing the reports about it and they're like, he got brought to the hospital, had leg injuries. And honestly, I feel like leg injury is not the worst thing that he could have had. Mm. Like uh, like, you know, spine like screwing up his back even more oh, right which yeah is probably the worst thing that could have happened there i mean obviously legs aren't the greatest thing in the world to get messed up but i feel like as long as your like midsection is okay it shouldn't affect his golf game too much i mean he's come back from knee injuries before so it's just a matter of him learning from the acl and not you know screwing up his back after that that's my issue um I mean, we saw, especially in the Tiger documentary, I mean, I remember it, it like it was yesterday when he was playing in that U.S. Open with that knee injury. Um, but we saw it even even further in the recent documentary about him that, you know, he was just bone on bone the whole time. And he was in excruciating, visible pain when he was playing in that tournament. That was like 10 years ago, 11 years ago now. Uh, he's just had his fifth back surgery. Uh, which has clearly been handicapping him for a while. He now gets into this car accident where they're saying there's a compound fracture and a broken ankle on one of the legs. And then a report came out that said he has something or like an injury to both of his legs. I just, I don't know that at this stage of his career with all the health issues that he's had to endure and, you know, all of the uh, all of the surgeries he's been through and all the rehab he's doing. I don't know that a broken leg or a leg fracture and an ankle right now. I can't say for sure that he'll be able to come back from it. I want him to. Tiger Woods is my favorite golfer and I go to bat for Tiger a lot, especially when I probably shouldn't. Um, but it, it does seem less than realistic to say that, you know, it's going to be a no brainer for him to come back for, from this injury. We don't even know what the injury is yet, especially like you said, we heard him this weekend talking at the Genesis Invitational. He's talking to Jim Nansen. He was not even sure that he was going to play in this year's Masters, which is which is over. I think it's two months away, like almost two months to the day away. Uh, he's still going through rehab. He said he's doing mundane exercises, hasn't really swung a golf club all that much. You know, working a lot on short game and working a lot on putting, but, you know, hasn't done the heavy lifting yet. 
that doesn't sound like somebody who's, you know, ready to just spring into action into another tournament season, another season of majors coming up where he just played in the Masters a few months ago. You have the Masters coming up again in April. You have the Open coming up. You have the PGA Championship coming up. You have the U.S. Open coming up. You have the FedEx Cup playoffs coming up. I I don't think it's a long shot to say that Tiger Woods might be done. Uh and it sucks to say that because he is and will be the greatest golfer of all time, in my opinion, in the opinion of many others, you know, aside from all of the off the course stuff that he's he's involved himself with. I think that especially winning the 2019 Masters, one of the best comebacks we've ever seen in sports. But I don't know. This is a pretty bad injury to endure uh, at this stage of his career, given everything that he's been through. I don't think it's far fetched to say that this one might do him in. Uh, what were your initial thoughts when you first when you first heard that he was in a car accident? <laughs> um, the so the way I saw it was on Instagram. There's a golf account that I follow that screenshotted a tweet, and I had to read the tweet a couple of times because it didn't. I forget if it didn't say anything about him being taken to a hospital or if it did, and it just wasn't that clear. And my first thought was you know, oh, this is just going to be another Kobe, right? Like, that's your first thought, right? And I think Shaquille O'Neal was saying it on TNT today. It was like, yeah. you don't, like, you kind of stop for a second. You're like, not another one, right? right. You, you start, you see Tiger Woods, you see a car crash. You don't want to keep reading on the rest of that sentence. And then when things finally came out, it was like, you know, kind of take a, a breath. But there was definitely that, that minute or two there before I was able to find the extra information where I was like, did we just lose arguably the greatest golfer of all time? Like yeah. it, you know, it's, it, it's one of those things where it's like, I mean, I, I just read an article right now that said that, um, he was wearing a seatbelt and that saved him. Um, and that he was driving like really fast. Um, and it, it was a Genesis car. So yeah. the Genesis Invitational is like his event. And yeah. then Genesis gave him a car and then he you know, crashes it. But they said he was driving like too fast or something. Yeah. Like, I don't so, blame the guy for driving fast. Well, they um, said also that he was spoke. He was meeting Drew Brees and Justin Herbert at a golf course to shoot some like celebrity golf video for the Oprah Winfrey Network and that he was late. And so that's why he was driving fast. I, I go to bat, like I just said, I go to bat for Tiger a lot, and I'm going to again here, you know, especially given his his prior history in terms of just like he had the DUI and he ran himself over when his wife was chasing him out of the house with a golf club and, you know, crashed into like a lamppost or whatever that was. Fire hydrant, I think. Fire hydrant, yeah. All that stuff. And now this, you know, a lot of people are judgmental. I'm going to just say this. When these things tend to happen, everybody all of a sudden is now like a driving guru expert. Right. You know, like I see a lot of people on Twitter. They're like, oh, he's driving too fast. Like, oh, you can't see it's a valuable lesson. You can't drive too fast. And it's like you definitely speed like I'm these yeah. people who say these things like I'm sorry, Karen, you were definitely just booking it 95 in your Prius, you know, coming home from work on the freeway like you get you can be all holier than thou now when you see like tiger woods 
get into another car accident. But it's like, I guarantee you for a fact, you are not miss Mrs. Or Mr. Perfect driver. You know, everybody, everybody in their cousin now becomes an expert on the driving and the rules and the regulations and how this may have happened. There's all the speculation, too. There's all the fake news. Like they were like, oh, they had to use the jaws of life to get him out of the car. I think that was accurate, right? It wasn't. No, it wasn't. (laughs) The sheriff did a press conference and was like, we didn't have to use the jaws of life. I don't know why people are saying that through the the, they had to pull him through the window, but it wasn't because he couldn't get out of the car. It was because. Well, he couldn't get out of the car, but it wasn't because of his ability. It's because the right, car no. door was We're, slammed right. in. That's normally what Jaws of Life means. It means that you can't open up whatever needs to be opened up to get him out. Yeah, or you, you use the Jaws of Life if you can't open up, or if the person inside the car, it, in combination with you can't open up something that you want to open up, can't move and get to like the other door. Right. Like the way the car landed... He couldn't really do anything about it. But in other car accidents, if just one side of the thing is smashed in and you're an able bodied person who didn't sustain any injuries, you can find your way out of the car through another exit. Right. But the way that the car had landed in this particular case, he couldn't. But they were trying to make it sound like, you know, when you use the term jaws of life, that's usually like, oh, my God, he's he can't move. But, you know, like he can't get out of the car on his own. They needed to bring in the jaws of life as an extreme life saving tactic, which was just not the case. He was responsive and conscious on the scene. They took him to the hospital because he probably had a pretty bad leg break and they need to get that fixed ASAP as possible. But it was not the type. Yes, he is lucky to be alive. And yes, this was a serious car crash. But everybody, just like the media always does, tries to hype up a situation like this and try and spark a reaction out of people. You know, with all the headlines, Tiger Woods, you know, this, this and that. People were saying he had a seizure at the wheel. Like everybody starts. Oh, to I never even saw that one. Just, Jeez. Everyone just starts to throw out these like way out there claims when in reality, yeah, he was speeding too fast and he lost control of the wheels. Car flipped over a bunch of times and he broke his leg and maybe more. You know, what probably happened is there was probably some animal that jumped out another. I mean, it said, Someone said that could have been that well, too. So the article that I just read said that the car swerved and then went off the road. It like swerved onto the wrong side and then went off the road. So to me, that says he tried to move out of the way for something that was in the road, whatever that was, and then yeah. didn't stay on the road. And I don't think there's much more to it than that. Yeah. And I, I don't think there should be much more to it than that. People, because of his past history, I mean, I'll, I'll give you that. When I first heard the news, I mean, no, you're not a you're not like a bad person for if your mind immediately went to like, you know, DUI something, you know, well, was he the, so the reason like the that? reason honestly why my mind kind of started to go there and then I was really happy when I saw that they were like he was clearly lucid and there was no evidence of yeah. you know any of that was the last time it was an opioid problem, which isn't a like like that's a very nationwide issue is opioid addictions right and that's from having surgeries now i would hope that the doctors who are you know doing these surgeries would know his past that he had an opioid addiction in the past from all of the surgeries and injuries that he had and we're like okay we're just not going to give this guy opioids because you know that just seems like the logical decision to me. Yeah. So I, I, that was kind of my first inkling was, oh, he's just coming off of a surgery. Maybe that, you know, whatever they're giving him affected him. But if that's not what the case was, according to the, you know, police officers, then not the case at all. Yeah. I mean, 
I'll give him a lot of credit, especially in watching that documentary. He hit like lower than rock bottom with that, with the DUI and he, he was not looking good and he was able to turn it around and it seems like he's turned his life around too. I mean, yeah, you can watch the documentary and kind of speculate about, you know, did his dad kind of inflict this kind of lifestyle on him? They were talking about how well Tiger was on the range practicing. His dad would have this RV that they'd drive around to a bunch of different golf courses and a bunch of different driving ranges and just have, you know, a van full of girls in there while Tiger was, you know, practicing. So did he adopt this lifestyle from his dad? Maybe did the fame you know, no golfer had ever risen to this much fame in terms of, you know, Hollywood life before as he did uh, getting sponsorships, getting, you know, appearances in TV and movies like being the guy. He was like he was the next athlete. And right. did it get to him too much? Yes. You know, you can speculate as to why he got himself into the trouble that he did in terms of just the whole cheating thing and the womanizing thing. You can speculate as to why he did. But. The one thing you can't deny is that he dealt himself a pretty bad hand when he did that, and he has significantly turned it around since then. And this isn't me Absolutely. being like delusional Tiger guy. Like I love Tiger; he's my favorite golfer. But you know, I think that once he hit rock bottom, it's very clear that he took steps to to make his way back, not only in the golf world but just in life. Um, and it's, it, he's, it appears that he's a lot closer with his kids than he, than he once was. His son is an extraordinary golfer and they're bonding over that. It's and crazy. by the way, that kid is money. He's like, he's 11 and he is money on the golf course. Um, and then he comes back and he wins the masters after everything that happened. And they said this in the documentary that he just, he looks to be a different tiger. You always saw tiger woods before all of this happened as pretty stone faced, pretty not interactive with fans kept to himself on the golf course, just to put your head down and get the work done. And they said, after all of this has you know transpired, he seems to be having a little more fun, enjoying himself, interacting with fans more, becoming more of like a, a personality than he is just like a golfer that you see on TV and winning all these tournaments. So yeah, I, I was glad to hear that there wasn't any, you know, impairment involved. Um, I'm sure we'll get the full story in the coming days, but obviously just first and foremost, now that we know that he's going to be okay, life or death wise, we want him to have the fastest recovery process because we want him to come back and play golf. We want him to, you know, continue on that upward trajectory in life that he was on. So the best wishes to tiger. We'll be, uh, we'll be sure to update all of you when more news comes in, but that news broke you know, this morning. So just an important thing to talk about. And yeah, that's pretty much all I've got on the tiger front. The main topic of the episode though, the one that I'm really interested in talking about the NHL outdoor game. So the NHL hosted two outdoor games this past weekend, um, in Lake Tahoe outside, right on the, uh, on the banks of Lake Tahoe, the golden Knights played the avalanche and the Bruins played the flyers. Seth first impressions of the outdoor games this past weekend. I mean, there were people. To, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> Look, the the view, excellent. The fact that they were able to put it um, together in such a small amount of time, like props to them. Um, but there were literally people diving into the lake. Like it wasn't that cold out. I mean, it's the West Coast. Like it's not. It's not 
really going to be, I mean, I guess it's up in the mountains, right? But like, it's not going to be that cold. You're going to expect it to be, you know, like, why didn't we pick somewhere in like middle of nowhere, Canada, or like the mountains in Colorado or something, or like on the lake in like Michigan or something. Cause Michigan's always freezing, right? Yeah. Like, Michael there were so many that. other places that you could have put this other than somewhere where weather could be an issue. I mean, it's not like like we've had outdoor games get pushed because of glare before. And yet, for whatever reason, they put themselves in the same situation. I just think, you know, Michael said exactly what you said, especially you didn't need to cater to any fans this year. There were, there were no fans in attendance. I mean, why didn't you pick somewhere maybe a little more rural that was going to be colder where you had like a surefire. This is going to be cold. We don't have to worry about it. I mean, you might as well have played the game in Miami. Like at a certain point, do this in a cold place because it feels like every year now weather and, and temperature is just becoming an issue with these games. I think that this past weekend just just strengthened the point. It was it was the biggest failure by the NHL. It, poorly executed, in my opinion, in marketing, in in the actual game being played in broadcast. I think no aspect of these games went according to plan in the NHL's book. I think I think it was a big mistake to do it in Tahoe. I think it was a big mistake. Doing it at the end of February, I understand that the season didn't start until like mid-January, but doing an outdoor game in late February anywhere is pushing it in terms of getting a sure cold day. The fact that you had the game in Nevada in in late February, that was really pushing it. And the sun, oh my God, just absolutely cooked the ice, especially on the first day. And I mean... At a certain at a certain point, I just like when is the NHL when is the NHL going to step their game up in order to compete with the other three major sports leagues? You know, well, here's the thing, too. And I, I forget who was saying this that I saw say this the other day. But at this point, are we even really sure that the NHL is still a top four major sport? Yes. Like in in popularity, like esports might have surpassed the NHL just no, on the failure Seth, from Seth, a popularity Seth, standpoint. Seth. Just on the failure of the NHL to market the league, the popularity has done nothing but go down. No, it really has. <laughs> no, Seth, I have never once seen esports on TV. NHL games are on NBC every weekend. NBA two K. Well, first off, first off, NBC is cutting NBC sports. So what does that tell you about it? Right. I mean, come on. Right. Well, because NBC sports doesn't do anything other than hockey. They do like F one racing and hockey, and then they do the premier league in the morning. Right. But it's like, and you know, like the two K league was put on ESPN. Like you could watch that on ESPN. Like it's not something ESPN ESPN is a dying network. And I wrote a blog post about that. So go and check it out when the website launches. Um, no, I, (laughs) That's too far. I don't think the I, yes, the NHL is still a, a a major four sport in America. Yes, I think the NHL beats other leagues in some aspects, but their shortcomings are just so big. You know, like at a certain point, 
when are you going to step your game up and actually compete with these other sports leagues who are just doing vastly better than you? A lot of hockey fans are stubborn and don't want to admit that the other sports on the on the professional level are doing better than the NHL. But it's a fact that they just are. I think the only one that you could argue is is close is MLB. MLB is having a really tough time right now, too. But they're still finding ways to beat the NHL consistently when it comes to broadcasting, when it comes to ratings, when it comes to marketing, jersey sales, ticket sales in a pre-COVID era. That's sad that I even have to say that. It, it It's just nuts. The NHL needs to step their game up. This is what I think about the outdoor th- game aspect of the whole thing. In my mind, the NHL outdoor game, whatever you want to call it, has 1,000% lost its charm. Over the years... The whole novelty that this game had has a thousand percent faded away. It is completely faded away. And I believe that that is a direct product of the increase in games each year. Because gone are the days of the one winter classic on New Year's Day. That's where the novelty came into play. You think about the early days of the winter classic and why it was going so well. It was once a year. It was on New Year's Day. It was in cold locations. It was with teams that could compete. You had the Penguins and the Sabres up in Buffalo in a snowball that went to a shootout. That is an all-time classic NHL game. Forget winter classic game. That is an all-time NHL game. You have the Bruins and the Flyers playing at Fenway Park on New Year's Day in America's most historic baseball stadium a hockey game being played from third to first base. You have NHL legends coming and playing an alumni game before you have NHL legends dropping the puck. You have the dropkick Murphys doing the the first period intermission show, whatever you want to call it. That was a moment. That's the winter classic to me. And then somewhere along the line, these NHL winter classic games started doing really well. They were getting the primetime slot on NBC. They were streaming a lot. It was like New Year's Day because New Year's Day, there's not a lot of sports on New Year's Six Bowls. But that's more of like a recent development in that being like a nationally watched thing. And especially in recent years, they've moved the New Year's Six Bowls off of New Year's Day. So there's some on New Year's Eve. There's some a few days before. There's a couple on New Year's Day. There's a couple after. So it's not just like a luck for it to be on New Year's Day. It's kind of like what we talked about with the NBA and the NFL, like Thanksgiving and Christmas Day. The NHL had an opportunity to claim New Year's Day for their own. New Year's Day is a winter classic watching day. They had an opportunity to do that. And for a few years, they were doing it. I think all of America was tuning in to watch hockey on New Year's Day. And then somewhere along the line, when things were going really well, the the NHL became a victim of the hot hand theory, which for my people who have watched the big short is basically the the theory that when a basketball player or an NBA player, whatever, makes a lot of shots in a row, that they're going to continue to make a lot of shots in a row. Basically, what's happening right now is going to continue to happen in the future. That's a very false theory, and there's no you know concrete like yes, he's on a hot streak, so he needs he's going to continue on that hot streak in the future. That's what the NHL believed the Winter Classic was. They thought the Winter Classic on New Year's Day is doing very, very well. 
So it's going to continue to do very, very well in the future. So what did they do? They implemented the stadium series. Then there were two to three outdoor games in an NHL season. And then they doubled down. They have the Heritage Classic, the Stadium Series. They did just the, the regular outdoor games this year in addition to the Winter Classic. Then you have like four or five outdoor games in a year. That's where you lose your novelty. The NHL needs to return to one outdoor game a year Play it on New Year's Day, play it in a cold location and pick two teams that are marketable. Don't pick. I'm sorry, but I don't care to watch the Golden Knights play the Avalanche in an outdoor game. I'm sorry. Original six teams in an outdoor game is great. They were talking about the Minnesota Wild playing in an outdoor game. Minnesota as a location. Yes, the Minnesota Wild are the least marketable hockey team in hockey's most marketable market. Just the NHL needs to do way better. And to the naked eye, to my eye, it seems like a simple fix. But I think the fact that you're playing five or six outdoor games in a given year is is like step number one. That's where you're losing your audience. No one cares to watch five or six outdoor games. The novelty of the outdoor game was that it's once a year and it's on New Year's Day. That's pretty much all I have. You know, that that's a basic fix to me. Bring it back to New Year's Day. Play it in a cold location. It's not that hard. So I do want to go back to the comment that I made about the NHL and it dropping in um, in viewership. So based I don't on think you're wrong about it dropping in viewership, based but on, I just don't think I just don't think esports has surpassed it. So based on statistics that I have. Put to, you know, found on the internet and put together, it's actually insanely close. And esports has surpassed just slightly. So really? the average amount of viewers on an NBC broadcast, right? So this is as many as you're going to get, is 417,000 uh, viewers per game. If you multiply that by 1271, which is the total number of games scheduled by the NBA in a given season, and again, some of these games are going to have more than 417,000. Um, some of them are going to have less than 417,000, you know, because whatever. That amounts to a total of 530 million viewers. For the entire, and that's counting people multiple times too, right? So over the entire season, that's how many viewers are getting, not including playoffs. Based off of data from Statista in 2020, esports from a total perspective had 223 million people that are considered enthusiasts. So that means that they're coming for pretty much every single event. And an extra 272 million people on top of that that are considered to be occasional viewers, you know, maybe, the, you know, the odd game or two. Right. So that's a total of 590, which is actually surpassing the NHL by almost 100 million. Oh, yeah, I'm looking at stats, too. There's a lot of varying statistics that I'm seeing. As of right now, the 2021 updated list, it has hockey at four which is above esports. I saw a stat. I'm looking at one now that is breaking it down based off of viewers by, by league, um, which isn't necessarily comparative. Um, 
and I don't know how they're getting it. I don't know. I mean, I don't doubt that. I don't know. I don't doubt that it's NHL is dropping and esports is rising. But I find it very hard to believe, very hard to believe that esports has surpassed the NHL. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's it's a weird thing, right? Because like, how do you count viewership? You know, like right. I don't I don't know how they, if they're counting that as individuals. I don't know if individuals get counted multiple times. Like I don't I don't know how they go through and do that. Um, I feel like more people are inclined to watch the NHL over esports, but I don't know how many of those people are actually watching the NHL. The thing right? too is I think it's hard to compare it because. I mean, esports, like you said, is on ESPN sometimes, but a lot of esports is streaming. Right. And the NHL is solely broadcast. Exactly. So that's the other I, thing too is like, how do you how hard. do you gauge the popularity of things? Like, like we both know people who like the game of hockey, but probably don't watch any of the games. You know, they just follow it through social media. Maybe pop yeah. in, you know, ten games of the regular season, and then they watch all of the playoff games. Right. Like that's yeah. someone who probably would not watch esports that would watch the NHL, but they're not into it as much, which is a failure of the marketing of the NHL, which was kind of the bigger point I was trying to make. Yeah, bottom line is the NHL marketing has been way off. And I think, you know, I just went on a complete rant about it, so I won't reiterate again, but there's just obvious fixes there for the NHL. I mean, number one this weekend, big red flag. Why Why was your premier game on Saturday being continued i understand that the game was postponed because of the ice it was it was it resumed play at midnight eastern time who in their right mind is going to watch that yeah nobody if you wanted people to watch that game if you weren't a vegas golden knights or colorado avalanche fan you just didn't watch that game it was midnight on a saturday night it was on nbcsn it didn't even get nbc slot which like a rerun of SNL beat out the NHL's like big game of the year, which is just, that's telling, you know, when, when a show that has already been put out and, you know, broadcast live, a rerun of that show got the, the NBC primetime slot over the NHL, what the NHL is claiming to be their, you know, big game. Right. And even the Bruins and Flyers game, I, I didn't, I didn't care for it. I, granted, it was because of the score. It, it seemed, A, it seemed so effing long. I mean, the first two periods seemed like they went on for like five hours. I don't know why. Uh, the ice conditions weren't great. I'll give people the argument that I know I'm going to get and the backlash that I'm going to get for saying that these two games were an ultimate failure. I know that people are going to say, oh, well, it was like cool scenery. Yeah. It was really cool for the five minutes when the sun dropped behind the mountains and it made yeah. that cool landscape. Yeah, those 90 seconds were really cool, guys. I mean, the the first period, you couldn't see jack shit because the sun was literally impairing the, the view from the camera. The, there were rays of UV light just all over the camera. You couldn't see the puck. When the Bruins scored, I didn't even know they scored. I had I, – like. I waited until they celebrated. I was like, did we just score a goal? You just couldn't yeah, see the puck Yeah, there was once or twice that that happened for me, too. Yeah, I just didn't know what was going on in the play. I was, like, squinting, watching on my TV. And then the sun fell behind the mountains, and for the 10 seconds that that happened, that was cool. And then it was nighttime, and the game was just slogging along. The ice conditions weren't great. It wasn't all that cold there. 
I mean, when you have people who are literally, like you said, jumping into the lake on their boats with no shirts on and an NHL game is going on 90 yards away, you have an issue. Yeah, you have you sure. have a major issue I mean, and people are going to say, oh, well, the scenery, you could have gone to Canada and gotten the same exact scenery, but 20 degrees colder. I mean, temperature. Yeah. And that's the thing, too. Like you're telling me that Canadian division really like you couldn't you couldn't have put together two matchups from the Canadian division. That thing that everyone's loving right now. Right. Everybody loves. I don't know a single person who is not a fan of the Canadian division. It's just so cool to have that happening, and you couldn't capitalize on that, really. Like, it, it's – I understand that there are more people and more teams in the United States, and so it makes more sense to include your American teams in doing that, and maybe they tried to pursue Canadian ones, and Canada was like, no. You know, who knows what the heck happened there? But from the outside looking in, it seems like it would have made a lot more sense to try and do a Canadian game or just do it anywhere other than Lake Tahoe. So this person and this kid in my advisory was capping his ass off. He said that there was going to be a heritage classic this year, and there just isn't between two Canadian teams. What a cap artist feeding me misinformation. Not that I was going to go anywhere with that information. But, um, but yeah, I mean, good riddance that the NHL isn't doing another outdoor game this year. I mean, at this point, why don't we just why don't we just head on down to the Bahamas set up a rink down there and play in the middle of August. Like that's essentially what you're doing. You just played a game. You can't do an outdoor game on the West coast pretty much at all. But if you are going to do it, don't do it at the end of February in the middle of the freaking day. That, that just like, what did you expect to happen when, when, when the avalanche game had to get postponed? What did the NHL expect was going to happen with the sun and the mid 30 degree temperatures? When the ice is refrigerated underneath and you still can't get the ice to freeze, change your location immediately. Like they could have done this in so many different places. It was like a reverse ice bowl out there where Green Bay used to have like the heating under the (laughs) field or maybe they have that now. But like whatever it was, it just wasn't working. It's just the opposite with air conditioning, right? Like they just couldn't get it done. It's what did they expect? Like, it's hard for me to sit here and try and defend the NHL. But realistically, what did you expect to happen? They've (laughs) had a couple stadium series games that have kind of worked out like the Sharks had one. But like that was still there were so many issues with that. That was a bad game when they played the Kings. Yeah. I mean, Sharks Kings has never been. That game was played in March. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, who thought that it's just like. I mean, they managed to pull that one off and have a game done, but I don't think anyone enjoyed that. No. And I mean, people in the NHL, like we're calling for, you know, more marketable teams. People are going to say, oh, you know, well, all teams should be able to play an outdoor game. If you're good enough. Yeah. Like, sure. If you're good enough, if you can, if you can sell. Yeah. But there's a reason why the NFL is, is by far the most marketable and successful major sports league in America. It's because they don't care about feelings. It's called the no fun league for a reason. If you can sell, you are going to be on national TV. You are going to be in that primetime slot. You're going to play on Thanksgiving day. You're going to play on Christmas day. You're going to get the eight 30 games, the four 30 playoff games. That's what it is. There's a reason why the bills and the Colts played at one o'clock in the wild card game this year. Because those two teams don't sell. I'm sorry, they don't. Bills and Colts are kind of boring. They don't sell. So they gave them the one o'clock. 
And they and both the have Bills really crappy the- <laughs> quarterbacks. Whoa. <laughs> you take that back right now. Josh no. Allen's elite. Josh Allen's elite. Oh, it would have been so much funnier if you said Philip Rivers is elite. But um, Philly Rivers is kind of elite. And shout out. Hey, we learned from episode 62 of the trivia that Philip Rivers is a top 25 all time NFL postseason passing leader. So, ha. <laughs> is that That's actually right. true? Yeah. Has he only played in like two playoff games? Um, no. Yeah, he's on it. Jeez, that's so no. I mean, I I maintained all along that the Bills weren't going to make it to the Super Bowl, and I was right. And I knew that it was because Josh Allen wasn't going to do it enough. That's so. not why they didn't make it. The Chiefs shouldn't have made it to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, no team should have made it to the Super Bowl. No team that played in the playoffs. <laughs> no was, team should have made it to the Super Bowl. No, no, no one deserved it. Brady threw three picks in the second half of the NFC Championship game. They didn't deserve to be there. The Packers got three interceptions in the second half of the NFC Championship game and still couldn't win, so they didn't deserve to be there. Can we just talk about for a second? This isn't on the agenda, but like I want to talk about this. How, how the media um, gave Patrick Mahomes a Super Bowl win. Can we just talk about that for a second? Say like, that again. If you didn't watch the Super Bowl, if if you live under a rock and you didn't watch the Super Bowl and you relied on the the news and sports media the next day to tell you who won, you would have thought the Chiefs won and that Patrick Mahomes won the MVP. Yes, absolutely, one hundred percent. He didn't score a touchdown. No, not one. I mean, look, he did will... not score a touchdown, and everyone's saying, "Oh, his receivers blew the game for him." He didn't. What? He I mean, didn't score a touchdown. When you yeah. can't score a touchdown in the Super Bowl, it's on you too, Pat. No, yeah, I mean, he didn't. I mean, there were a lot of things that were his fault and a lot of things that weren't his fault. I think that the whole, you know, it's a tough situation, right? Because he had a couple of throws that were just unbelievable. Like the one where he's literally parallel from the ground and it hits the, the guy NFL in the face. made that a top 100 play. They made which, it which is completion. Crazy. A top 100 yes. play. That should just not. No, I no. Just, that play was not even that good. OK, Patrick Mullins was I mean, falling to the ground. He threw the ball. I bet I could do that if I tried. He threw the ball. So first off, he ran around like 60 yards behind the line of scrimmage. Let's get that one straight, you know, just running back and forth. But then with the defender behind him to jump, be totally horizontal, throw the ball with enough power that it went all the way to the end zone and hit the receiver in the face. Unbelievable athletic feat. I don't think you could pull that off. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. He's an NFL quarterback. He should be able to make a throw. That's what I, he's getting paid to do. do why, make, are we, why are we stroking him off now all of a sudden? He's making throws. It was an unbelievable play. Stafford, that there are, Josh and, Allen, Cam Newton. I've seen all of them make sidearm throws, too. And the media says squat about that. Patrick full, Mahomes. Patrick There's Mahomes stands up and gets an ESPN article written okay. about it. That's absolutely that's fine. That you know he does get overhyped a lot, but to say that that play or the other one that also hit a wide receiver in the face that those weren't absolutely unbelievable throws they that were 25 throws, that but, 25 but, other quarterbacks in the NFL couldn't make that throw. No. But, they were good throws, but the fact that we are glorifying incompletions Right. Especially I mean, labeling them as top 100 plays yes, of the that's, year. It's a stretch. It's I'm, pathetic. It is. It is. Especially and when on the other side of the ball, Tom Brady just won his seventh. 
Right. That should have been, and that should have been a big if narrative. Patrick Mahomes threw a sidearm pass. Hooray. Right. Good but, for him. But here's the thing, right? Like, what are they supposed to do? They spend all Go this do time. Do another state to... farm ad. Those state farm ads suck, by the way. Uh, so to... dumb. They're trying to spend all this time. I want to talk about off. bad marketing. Drake from State Farm. I haven't laughed once at any of those stupid ads. When Aaron Rodgers like throws the tennis ball to his dog a million freaking yards. Jake from State Farm is also in like a Toyota commercial. And we just don't want to point out that he broke character. Like imagine seeing Flo from Progressive in a, in a commercial for another company. Like what are you doing? Like, it, it, I hate State Farm. I will never use State Farm. Ever. They were just because they have the two most hateable quarterbacks in the NFL uh, working for them or representing shout out Aaron Rodgers scoring sixes on and off the field. Shout out Aaron Rodgers, like getting engaged and like not saying anything about it. That that was that was my point. But um, no, I know. <laughs> um, but no, so the, with the whole Patrick Mahomes thing, people, you know, they they hyped up that whole narrative of, you know, baby goat. Right. And so what they they backed themselves into a spot where they had to over glorify the plays that he made. Otherwise they all look like idiots, which to be fair, if you know, like, I feel like there are other sports companies out there that would have just been like, well, we were wrong. And tell me, the big one, tell, tell me what Patrick Mahomes did this postseason to, to impress anybody. Nothing. I mean, not, not enough. He played bad against the Browns. And then against the Bills, meh, wasn't great. He wasn't like he was also injured man. in both of those games. Yeah, okay, he had a bruised toe. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, didn't he have surgery on his toe? Yeah. So I don't get what toe surgery is. I broke my toe. I, 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 didn't I, I don't under. I don't know what he did that made it that he needed. Why do you surgery, need toe surgery? I don't know, but clearly, like you, I if broke you my toe once. It just healed itself in like six weeks. I don't yeah, think you can I mean, do much thing, though, but like, you like you're tear a, his toe. you're a smart guy. You watch you watched that game. It seemed like he was less good than he's been. Right. Like, I don't think he's, he's any good. <laughs> I mean, I don't. He, he walks stupid, too. You ever <laughs> seen the way he walks? He looks kind of ridiculous. Like his helmet's really big. His helmet is huge. Yes. It looks so weird, dude. His it's face like watching... mask is small and his helmet is huge. He wears like a headband too, so it pushes the helmet yeah. up. He looks like dark, dark helmet from Spaceballs. <laughs> I don't know if you remember. Um, I mean, it's so like David Wright got a concussion or multiple concussions. And so he used to have to wear this massive freaking helmet. And it was back in like 2K, back when 2K still made baseball games. It was like 2K with Evan Longoria on the cover. And David Wright would come up yeah. to bat, and he's just wearing this comically large helmet. And then the Mets had a pitcher then, like six years ago. I want to say it was – oh, man. And he had this hat that had padding on it. Like really? it was – I've, I've got a photo of it. It was Alex Torres. And it was it just padded all around the thing. It looks absolutely ridiculous. I'm going to try and put it in the chat for you to see yeah, this. I would love you to take, take a look at that. I mean, it's it's honestly I mean, I mean, I'll just say this from head to toe. The guy's an absolute squid. I'm sorry. Toe surgery. What? It's not a thing. 
Dude, like, yeah, you got a bad bruise on the toe. Throw some ice on it, Pat. Honestly, go do another fucking State Farm ad, Squid. I hate that guy. Yeah, I mean, if you didn't watch the Super Bowl and you just looked at the newspaper articles the next day and you watched ESPN, uh, you would have thought that he won the Super Bowl MVP and that the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Yeah, people no, are saying, oh, he sure. threw for he threw for two seventy. He had to. All right. That's it for my ranting about Patrick Mahomes and the Super Bowl that he didn't just win. Um, speaking of NFL quarterbacks, money on the transitions tonight. Let's talk Cam Newton. Cam Newton's been in the news recently. Um, a video came out this past weekend. Cam Newton has like a camp every year for kids, I guess. I didn't really know about it, but he's like, like a, a camp for like football players or whatever. And he basically um, was getting into it with this camper. This camper was talking a lot of shit, was saying, like, you're a free agent, you're a bum, you're a free agent, you're a nobody. And then Cam Newton was like, I'm Cam Newton, like, I'm rich, like, I don't, I don't care, like, <laughs> I, I don't need to prove myself to you. And the clip went viral, and a lot of people on social media were siding with Cam Newton, and they were like, hey, don't disrespect, you know, a great like that. And I agree. I think that this kid is, is out of line. You're at Cam Newton's camp. Like it's his camp and you're you're trying to start you're disrespecting him. You're trying to start something with him. You're talking bad about him. Who are you? You're a nobody. He's Cam Newton. He's an NFL quarterback. He's been to a Super Bowl. He's won MVP. He's won the Heisman. He's been to a national championship. Who are you? You're like you're like a 15 year old kid, like simmer down. Right. But Seth. Is it is it just a coincidence that this video comes out and that everybody in the NFL community comes to the defense of Cam Newton and talks about how great of a quarterback he is right at the height of a Cam Newton free agency frenzy? I mean, I, I, I think that's a bit of a stretch to say that. You know, he did this on purpose like he, he definitely didn't video some 15 year old kid jawing at him or egg a 15 year old on to jaw at him for the sake of his, you know. But, yeah, I mean, he has been kind of in social media a lot. He was just on the I am athlete podcast with Chad Ochocinco and um, Brandon Marshall um he was quoted as saying that bill's a really fun guy um so here's kind of i think that i don't i don't know yes it could just be a major coincidence that you know he's all this stuff about him free agent wise and and you know him whatever coming back to the Patriots, not coming back to the Patriots, whatever it is, could just be a major coincidence that this video comes out and everyone has to come to the defense of Cam and recall how good he is of a quarterback. Or this could be staged. He he could have needed some good press on his side after months and months of bandwagon Patriots fans hating on him and calling for a new quarterback already to line up in the same week with him going on a podcast and saying, hell yes, I want to come back to the Patriots. If I come back for a second year, we're going to, you know, know the offense. We're going to, uh, you know, click better. The guys on the team already know me where we, we can give me some more weapons and we can actually build a team for all of that to be said on the same week that everyone else in the NFL community is coming to your defense and recalling how great you once were and how, how much of a legend you are. I don't know. It's a little odd, right? Little odd. 
there's definitely something there. Yeah, I mean, it's all some very weird timing. I will definitely give you that. Um, As far as, I, I mean, look, I don't, I think he knew what he was doing and, you know, he, he knows that he needs to really pump himself up in order to, you know, get another job considering how the Patriots situation happened this year. Um, but that being said, I, I tend to agree with him when you know, he, he was quoted as saying that he doesn't think that there are 32 NFL quarterbacks better than him. There I don't think I don't think there are 32 better than him. I can name now, one that he's better than right now. Patrick Mahomes. Boom. <laughs> yeah, that just happened. But no, like I think I think he's a guy who honestly, if you give him a team that like is actually built properly, you know, th- th- there's no secret that the Patriots weren't built properly. Um, You know, he can actually have a good season and be a good NFL quarterback and actually lead a team to do something. I mean, you saw it with, you know, the beginning of the season, right? First couple of games this year, he was fine. And then he got COVID and it all kind of went downhill. Yes. Yeah. This season has proven to me that Patriots fans are true bandwagons. Like, I'm sorry to say it, but they are absolutely like, I know that people have been calling Patriots fans bandwagons because there seems to be so many Patriots fans. And I was always like, Oh no, we're just winning so much. You're mad thing with it is like, (laughs) first off, like, at what point do the bandwagoners just like, like it's tough to determine whether or not they're bandwagoners when they've just been rooting for the team for 20 years straight, because that's how long the team has been good for. Right? right. Like it gets to a point where it gets very convoluted and blendy. Um, but then the other thing with it is shoot. What was that? The Patriots, you don't go everywhere and find Patriots fans, right? Like it's pretty yeah, much right. just universally in new England, but like you go to Florida, you go to Michigan, you go to California, you go to Washington state, you go to Oregon, you find Cowboys fans all over yeah, the place. No matter team, yeah. how bad they are, you find them all over the place. But for whatever reason, the Patriots just never grew like that. Yeah. Um, But yeah, like I was saying, I think this past year definitely showed me that Patriots fans are bandwagons, especially when it comes to Cam Newton, especially when it comes to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I'm going to call Carp out. Carp Carp jumped ship like it like like there's no tomorrow. Like it was nobody's business, had no problem jumping ship whatsoever. Um, I think that Patriots fans never in Boston sports history have I seen more Boston based people so excited to see another team win a championship than I was, than I saw Boston people excited to see the Tampa Bay Buccaneers win this past year. Never in my life. I mean, we people, we're from Boston. It's about as top notch as it gets in terms of sports around here. Yeah, I'm a big jersey guy and I like wearing other teams' jerseys. You know, playing pond hockey, you'll throw like a cool jersey on. You go to like, you go to play pickup basketball, you play wiffle ball, whatever. But like, no, you will never catch me rooting for another team to win a championship over our team. You know, like I would never root for the success of another team more so than I will the success of my team. Yeah, I bet on sports and I, I get pretty emotionally attached to that, but never at the expense of my hometown teams. It's a lot 
of quote unquote Patriots fans jump ship this year. And it's weird that all of a sudden we have a lot of Tampa Bay Buccaneers fans in our in our vicinity. Seth, when's the prior to 2020? When's the last time you met a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan? So one on my street is a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. Of course they fucking are. Of course but, they fucking are. But that being said, I don't know that I ever really saw any Tampa gear until right. this year. Oh, I've so never met know, a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. I've, I've never, I have never met someone who has proudly supported that organization before. Now all of a sudden, there's a there's a lot of Tampa Bay Buccaneers fans in New England. Weird coincidence. I don't think so. I think New England Patriots fans are bandwagons and I am me. No, but a lot of Patriots fans are Boston sports fans are not bandwagons. One in the same or not one in the same. You know what I'm saying? If you're a Boston sports fan, you're a Patriots fan. But if you're a Patriots fan, you're not necessarily a Boston sports fan. I think those people who aren't Boston sports fans, they're all bandwagons. We can do without them. Uh, and they've already jumped ship. So whatever. Same people who are calling for Cam Newton's head after this past season. Listen, this is what I'll say about Cam Newton. He's definitely not at the same spot that he once was in his MVP season. I think we can all agree upon that. However, he was one of very few starting NFL quarterbacks who tested positive for Corona in the middle of the season. Do you know what that does to you? That's not like getting the common cold and just getting over it. People, he had COVID this year. And was still able to come back and play. That alone is miraculous that he tested positive for COVID and came back and finished the season. Everyone's saying, oh, he can't make throws. Oh, he sucks. A, he had absolutely no talent around him at all. B, he had COVID and came back from it and didn't really ever recover from having COVID. And that's not his fault. Like he had this, he had this highly contagious disease and was trying to play football and be a professional athlete all at the same time. And he was dealing with all of that at the same time. He was on basically a one year tryout. It was like, all right, you better be good this year or else we're canning you. I think that the new England Patriots need to bring Cam Newton back. And I, and this is not an emotional attachment for me to Cam Newton. I love Cam Newton's work ethic. I love the fact that he wants to be a part of the Patriots and I think he'd be a good fit. That is not why I'm saying this. I'm saying this for the betterment of the Patriots organization I think if they look elsewhere at the quarterback position, you are wasting money and you are wasting time on somebody else who isn't going to be the answer. At this point, I look at the free agent quarterback market and the names are getting fewer and fewer with more signings and more tradings. If you go to draft at the quarterback position, I don't think that you're in a position draft wise that you're going to be able to get a good enough quarterback who's, who's going to turn the organization. The, the only situation in which they get someone through the draft is if Straight Todd up. McShay's wacko mock draft. I don't know if you've actually seen this mock draft. It's one of the weirdest things I've ever seen, but it's recent, like as of a few weeks ago, and it has fields dropping all the way to 15, which in no way do I think is possible. No, but, and I wouldn't want Justin Fields either. I, I, okay. I'm, I would, I'm not an expert on NFL or on college quarterbacks. I feel like fields is going to be a pretty serviceable guy in the NFL. I mean, I don't know what level he ends up being, 
Um, but then the other guy that I really hope that they don't get is Lance. I really don't want them to get him. I just I don't not want enough him. No, I don't, I, don't want, I don't want any quarterbacks out of this draft, to be honest with you. I don't. I wouldn't mind having Trevor Lawrence. I'm not mm-hmm. sold on him based off of what I saw this season. But I mean, I, I'll say this. In recent history. Uh, I guess there's a there, there are exceptions to this, obviously, and this isn't the norm, but right, there are exceptions to everything. You think about your great quarterbacks, you know, your cream of the crop guys right now were not top draft picks. I mean, Tom Brady, yeah, one in a million. But even even a guy like Dak Prescott, not a top draft pick. Even a guy like Russell Wilson, not a top draft pick. You know what I'm saying? Like Kyler Murray is, yeah. is kind of the exception to that. Baker Mayfield is kind of making himself the exception to that. But then look at the guys who were taken at the top. Tua, I think, is a total bust. And I saw that coming out of college. I don't think Tua is like an unreal quarterback. Sam Darnold, not great. Jared Goff, not great. You know, I I think that the majority of these Patrick Mahomes was not a top pick. You know, I think there's something to be said for being a middle of the pack draft pick in an NFL draft. You go to a good team. You get to play behind a good quarterback for a few years. I think Jordan Love is going to be a generational talent. I really do. Playing behind Aaron. <laughs> I'm dead serious. He's playing behind Aaron Rodgers for the next few years. When it's yeah. when it's Jordan Love's time to start, I think he's miles ahead of a Tua. Miles ahead of a Justin Fields. Miles ahead of a Trevor Lawrence. Just because he has the experience. You're catapulting these young guys who shine in college when they're playing against other college teams filled with, you know, know, like Clemson plays against some not so great teams. Alabama will get their share of not so great teams. You're catapulting these these top draft picks right into a starting position and it doesn't work. Look at the Jets. Look at the Jaguars. They've just wasted draft picks year in and year out. That's why they're picking at the top every year. Because their top draft picks aren't working. Look at the Patriots. The Patriots don't draft well, but for 20 years, everybody wanted to go to New England. Everybody wanted to play for the Patriots. Nobody wants to play for the Jets or the Jaguars. Nobody wants to play for the Jets or the Jaguars. The Jaguars won the AFC Championship two years ago, three years ago. But, you know, unbelievable how fast they fell off. Unbelievable. Oh, my God. Yeah. But it's just, you know what I'm saying is like some of these teams are just not doing it right. I think there's something to be said for being a middle of the pack draft pick. Circling back to the New England Patriots, I think don't make the mistake of buying into the hype of these draft picks, of these potential trades, because I think that your time and your money and your investment in a player is better spent on a guy at a, at a skill position, I think this is what the Patriots should do. Resign Cam Newton for one more year. Make this the one-year tryout. Give him a weapon. Get a guy like Kyle Pitts. Get a guy like Jalen Waddell. Get a guy like Allen Robinson. Get a guy like Chris Godwin in free agency. Even a guy like Alshon Jeffrey. I know that people are you know here and there on Alshon Jeffrey. Get weapons on this team. You're getting your guys on defense back. You're getting Chung back. You're getting Hightower back. This team can come back together again this year. Damian Harris had an outstanding year given the conditions. Sony Michelle, I'm not big on Sony Michelle, but hey, Sony Michelle can break off some good runs. James White is a big utility guy. This team 
can be really good if you run it the right way and give Cam the right weapons. This is how I see it. You're going to either re-sign Cam Newton or like what's the next best option, Seth? Uh, as far as free agents go, there yeah, really isn't one that makes sense, right? Because there's no one out there. You know, I don't think there's anyone out there that's going to match Cam's skill level. And even if there was one, why would you take someone who's going to be an even skill level that now has to learn the system where you've now had Cam be in the system for a year and he understands the system? The right? only one I'd be okay with is a Russell Wilson move. Right. Which, which is highly but, but, unlikely. But forget the unlikeliness of it. Are you willing to give up three draft picks, three first round yeah. draft picks consecutively for Russell Wilson? I, you don't yeah, the Patriots good? suck at drafting. OK, then, I, then it, if, if you you're going to waste your pick fine. on like a, you're, you're either going to waste your pick on like a grocery store worker from South Dakota or you can get Russell Wilson for the future. Right. Which is fair. I, I don't any think other team. No. But if it's the Patriots, yes. Yeah, I just I, I don't think that's going to happen. I, I've seen that possibility floated around. I've, I mean, the possibility of Dak Prescott was being floated around. But then today it came out that, you know, they are most likely going to get a long term deal done with him in Dallas. So what are your options at this point in free agency? Matt Ryan and, and Julio apparently are going back to Atlanta. Carson Wentz has already been dealt. Goff and Stafford have already been dealt. Who's left? Deshaun, who who like I love how Deshaun Watson wants a trade and the Houston like the new guy in Houston the new GM or whatever is like I'm expecting Deshaun to be back with the Nick Texans Casario. this season yeah and it's like and then Deshaun's like no I want a trade and then Houston's just like yeah I think he'll buy in he's gonna buy into the team culture <laughs> it's like no he's asking you for a trade things are clearly not going well they fell off too. <laughs> Speaking of teams that fell off in like a two-year period, big time. Houston and Jacksonville. What are you doing? Where do you think JJ Watts can end up? You're on mute, pal. <laughs> <laughs> I thoroughly tough, tough night for Seth technologically. Yes, I thoroughly enjoyed the um, what's it called? Um. The whole he tweeted out the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. And then everyone just starts like doing all the crazy um, conspiracy theories as to like, oh, he's going here. Oh, he's going here. You know, like counting stuff like it, I think one of the things was like there's the same amount of letters in um, mitochondria as there are in buffalo bills he's going to buffalo yeah. <laughs> like like random stuff like that thoroughly enjoyed it my favorite to sign him is green bay i think that makes the most sense just because going home it's a better team people are very hyped up on the oh all of the watt brothers are gonna join up and play with each other i'm not as sold on that one because who the heck's going to, you know, like what's going on offensively there, right? Like, well, and TJ Watt might also leave the Steelers in free agency this year. So, so it's not a lot. Right, but they, that would be a thing that they would coordinate, right? The two of them would coordinate that. Now, right. seeing both of them sign with a team, not out of the picture. That I could totally see. Yeah. I just don't think that them both going to the Steelers and all three of the brothers 
teaming up makes sense just because of all the volatility now on the offensive side of the ball there. Um, Cleveland, I think that one's a sneaky, like that's a dark horse. Cleveland could definitely happen. Because, you know, that's a situation where he doesn't have to carry the defense, right? Him and Miles Garrett together. You have the the, uh, Walter Payton man of the year there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I wouldn't sleep on Arizona either. No, I wouldn't either. I wouldn't say, I mean, realistically, I don't know like how well of a fit that is, but I think just because of DeAndre Hopkins, I think, I think, I, I think I wouldn't count Arizona out for making a big free agency move this year because I think Arizona's on the bubble of like being a really good team. They're like right there. Kyler Murray found himself this year for sure. DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray definitely had a connection. Cliff Kingsbury is, is a good coach. You know, he's a good young coach. Um, he's got a good defense there, not a great foundation, but Buda Baker, excellent player. You've got a, you've got an all right secondary wouldn't sleep on them making a big splash in free agency. I think that team is ready to take the next step. Buffalo might make sense to me. Could be an interesting culture in Buffalo, just because of how close they were. Like you and I said, they just weren't there yet. They, they weren't ready to be in the Super Bowl. They would have gotten clapped in the Super Bowl had they been in the game. They this just weren't they weren't ready as a team to be there yet. But uh, but I like if they can make a move in the offseason. I like their energy coming into 2021. I really do. It's Stefan Diggs staying out on the field and watching that celebration. That's fire. Josh yeah, Allen is elite. That. I think they've got they've got a pretty decent running back tandem there. Um, Not great individuals in their own right between Singletary and Moss, but, a, but together can string together some yards. Cole Beasley's an animal. Cole Beasley was playing with a broken leg, right? Yes, I think you're right about that. If he can do it, so can Tiger. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that gives me hope for Tiger. Forget what I said earlier about him not coming back. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then they have Josh Norman. <laughs> yeah. And who's who's their other um who's their other guy? Tredavious White. Tredavious White. Hmm. JJ Watt going to Buffalo might make them a heavy Super Bowl contender. That that might sure up the AFC for them at least. I think you were right there. You were right there. And barring an awful call in the AFC divisional game in the Browns Chiefs game, I think the Bills are in the Super Bowl this year. You were right there. Make a move in free agency. But yeah, long winded way of saying Cam Newton should come back to the Patriots. Very long-winded way of saying. Yeah, I think that's probably, the, you know, people are putting, like, I'm seeing these reporters putting the chances at, like, 30%. I mean, I think I it's, higher like it's higher than that. Than that. Yeah. Like, what, who's, who's your other option? What's the other 70 They really don't have a good other option, right? Because Unless the they make there's... a huge trade that none of us see coming. Right. Then I think Cam Newton's your quarterback next year. Put him on a short leash, yeah, but get him weapons. And get honestly, a guy like Waddle, get a guy like Pitts. Like I, I really liked it when they signed him originally, and I really wanted him to succeed because yeah. I really like Cam Newton. Same. 
Yeah, we, we all all year on the podcast we were rooting for him. We said it every every week, even though you picked against the Patriots every week. We said I picked we want against them well. so that they would win. Okay, and they didn't. <laughs> Maybe you start fault. picking with them this year. <laughs> I think they won more games when I picked against them than they did when I picked with them. I don't it wasn't know. hard. They only won seven games. So. <laughs> right. But yeah, I mean, imagine this offense for New England next year. Cam Newton, Damian, a, a combination of Damian Harris, James White, Sony Michelle, and Rex Burkhead, Jalen Waddle, Julian Edelman, like an Allen Robinson or a Chris Godwin, Devin Asiasi. That alone is pretty good. And then you get your guys on defense back. You've got the McCordys. You've got Hightower. You've got Chung. You've got uh, J.C. Jackson. Yeah. No, I mean, as long as – I mean, J.C. Jackson is a free agent, right? And he might be restricted, but he's a free agent. Oh, he'll come back for sure. I hope. Yeah, Finney. there's no doubt in my mind he'll come back. I mean, I don't, I don't think he's – I mean, what? Is he going to be like a bum and like go and play for like a bottom-tier team for more money? Or I mean, here, here's I the he thing, right? Like when you look at it, what happened when Malcolm Butler was like our number one guy and then he signed somewhere else? Started playing like booty. And then we got Stefan Gilmore and then JC Jackson all of a sudden started playing oh, right. out of his Gilmore. Mind. Is he coming back? He's still got a year under his contract. There's been all the rumors flowing around saying that, you know, the Patriots are going to trade him, but they he's should. at least under contract for next year. I don't think they should either. I think they should extend him for another three. Good. This is what I'll say. Last year during quarantine, there wasn't a lot to talk about. So we talked a lot about NFL free agency. From from March, I was calling for Cam Newton to sign with the Patriots and I was called a clown and I was basically laughed off this podcast. We're here almost a year later. He signed with the Patriots and I think he's going to sign again. I'm calling for it right now. Cam Newton will be back for a second year in New England. And I think the Patriots are going to be right back where they've been for the past 20 years. This year was an off year when your starting quarterback gets this disease that has swept the nation and has taken the lives of so many and then comes back and finishes the year. You can't expect to do much better than seven and nine. When your starting wide receiver goes down for like the whole year, when your two defensive captains opt out of the season, you can't expect much. This is an off year for the NFL. We'll be back next year. I guarantee AFC championship or better next year. I already put a bet down for the Patriots to win the Super Bowl. Well, I, did. I did i did the, the day after the day after the super bowl like plus 400 or something let me look it's in my account it's the only open bet i have in my account right now because i've been losing so much also shout out to Vito visconti who said and i quote that's an awful bet when i said hey lebron james is plus 15,000 to win mvp right now this was before the season started and I was like, why is it an off bet? And he goes, because he won't win it. And now he's in the top three and power rankings have him sitting at one for MVP. So Vito was supposed to start a betting pod or he wants to start a betting podcast. But all I hear is that Vito doesn't make good bets. <laughs> I mean, I am not exactly an expert on what is and is not a good bet. I have only ever seen his winning bets. I don't know how many he loses. That's the thing. When you can post your winning bets all you want, but like, you know. You can brag about your winners, but, you know, as Jordan Belfort says in Wolf of Wall Street, I don't ask you to judge me on my winners. I ask you to judge me on my losers because I have so few. That's what sports betting should be. I don't care how often you're winning. You could be putting down 200 bets a night and winning five. 
and then not showing me the other 195. You know what I'm saying? Like, like show, like tell me about your losers. Tell me about what didn't work. And if you didn't have any losers, effing good for you. But yeah, Super Bowl 56 to win, placed on February 8th. New England play, Patriots plus 4,000 odds. Nice. So if they win Super Bowl 56, I'm up 200 bucks. <laughs> Very nice. Should should have put down. No, I shouldn't have put down more than that because I don't know that it'll happen. Right. But uh, but yeah, before we sign off, just very quickly, March Madness. Obviously, March Madness is pretty pretty much a few weeks away. I think like a month away, maybe. I don't know. Less less than a month away. I get very excited for March Madness. Um, it's I get very stressed for March Madness. Um, I said this to Lynchy. It's probably the most stressful sporting event for me. Um. It's very overwhelming for me. You know, like I love to watch all the games. Like I get a very good vibe from March Madness every year. I watch it. I'm I'm usually in school. I'm not this year. I'm on spring break this year, which I'm hyped for. So I can actually watch all the games. But, you know, I remember sophomore year for and I were in English class in the back of the class watching the games on my computer. And whenever the teacher would walk by, we'd change the tab and go to pretend like we were doing work. And then we'd change it right back and watch, you know, Oklahoma. What was that game? It was eight and nine. It was Oklahoma and like URI or something. I think I'm right about that. It was an eight and nine game, Oklahoma and URI, maybe a Trey young was playing. I forget, but, um, but that was that game, uh, we were watching during school, but I love March Madness. It's great, but it is very overwhelming. The amount of games just kind of stresses me out. Um, especially, especially, you know, betting on all the games. It's very, very, very stressful. I'm a kind of guy that like, if I'm going to bet on a game, I want to be watching it. And that's damn near impossible with March Madness. Unless you have 72 TVs in your house and you can like watch every single game at once and like have these great like eyes that can just dart from TV to TV. You just can't. So you just scoreboard, watch the games that you can't watch and you just get really good at surfing the channels and going back and forth. Right. But as the days get closer to March Madness, my stress levels just go up. I'm excited. It's not bad stress. It's very excited stress. Like I'm anxious. I'm ready for March Madness, especially because we didn't have it last year. But we are going to make a boatload of content out of March Madness. Just a boatload of content out of it. Uh, The website will be out by then. I am anticipating the website to be out this weekend or next or next week. Um, We are I was advised to not go through a hosting provider and to be our own hosting provider. But I did not anticipate that that would mean that I would have to code the website myself. And I don't know how to code. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, man. So I Something very funny just entered my mind of you trying to code. Oh, it didn't go well. I, I logged myself out of my own computer and deleted all my files. <laughs> it did not go well. <laughs> I, I'm, I consider myself to be very like technologically advanced. You see the microphone here, my audio interface over here. I have all of the, you know, I'm very nuanced when it comes to technology, like running the podcast, very nuanced and all the technological stuff I do, but I can't code to save my life. That was a struggle and a half. I'm sure. So eventually I cracked and I paid someone to do it for me and they finished it today. So now we just have to write a bunch of blogs to, to fill in the, you know, empty blog post template things. So that's where we're at right now. But but the website will be up by then. So so we'll definitely have like articles out 
for like, you know, each March Madness round, March Madness game. I don't know. We'll definitely do a bracket challenge, like, yeah. you know, fill in a bracket and have our fans do it along. We'll do a cool prize. Uh, murmurs of us giving away an Xbox and a PS4 um, uh, to the winner of the bracket challenge, something along those lines. Uh, I think that I do a, um, for the for the bracket, we should put it on the story, have people vote on it and it'd be the people's bracket. The so it's all so, so so all of the TBR guys fill out their own bracket, right? Oh, and then on our story, like- we put up each matchup, you know, so maybe this lasts for a couple of days. So we, this is something we yeah. would have to get going soon. So right. it lasts for a couple of days. We have the people vote on it. And so it's like one versus 16 and then, you know, whoever wins that. Right. So it's like a, you know, the people yeah, vote on it on the story yeah. and then that bracket gets entered into the, into the one with all of us, with all of us. And so that's the thing like that. Oh, that's a good one, Seth. Thank you. Thank you. I have a couple of good ideas every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. I, you've been bringing good ideas for years. <laughs> but um, also, I think we may play basketball. Uh, I was that? talking to Michael about marketing it as TBR Madness, where we do maybe a 3v3 game or something or a, a dunk competition, um, a, a dunk competition on a lowered hoop. I understand that it wouldn't be fair for the rest of you because I'm so tall and I'd be able to dunk on a real hoop. So we'd have to lower it for the rest of you guys. You could dunk on a real hoop if I picked you up. I wonder if we can get you high enough. Probably not. I mean, let's think about it, right? If Ferulo and I did like the trench coat thing and then you did that, maybe. I well, no, actually, I jump pretty high, but that's the thing. I wouldn't be jumping. Hoops are what? They're 10 feet, right? Yeah, and I'm like yeah, five I could, eight. How much? Yeah, you're five eight. I figure there's like two and a half feet. How, if I was standing how, on your shoulders, I probably could. Yeah, you, I, I, I'm curious. I really want to see. When it. I jump up on a regular hoop, I can like nick the rim. Okay. I also have long arms, like right, which helps. That's why I'm thinking because yeah. like I feel like I can pick you up to at least like, you know, maybe like your belly button up to my head level. So if your arms are long enough, like I'm pretty much. We could maybe tall. we can try that at some point. That'll be good content. Um, three point competition as well. But my my vision is we do like a either a one on one King of the Hill tournament for a video or like a three v three game, just you know straight up for a video before and release it alongside March Madness. Maybe the one v one King of the Hill tournament would be better because like tournament style March Madness is a tournament. I don't know what we're going to end up doing, but we will definitely do something along those lines. I don't know that we'll do the video game simulation again. That was more like in lieu of not having a March Madness tournament last year. Maybe we will do it again, like before the tournament starts to like predict. Maybe I just won't stream all the games and do a bracket challenge. I'll just like simulate a tournament on a video game and see what happens. I don't know, but I'm just very excited for March Madness. And so that's like the next big like content thing. Like we just got off of our football season we're transitioning into March Madness, and then after March Madness, it's NBA and NHL playoffs. And then we're in the summer again, and, and wiffle ball is coming around. And TBR Olympics, we are definitely doing. And I I've feel talked- like golf series has got to pick up. Oh, and, oh and, and yeah, TBR Tour will return, obviously. We have like we already have matches lined up for like... Yeah, I mean, oh, we, we have to... We have to- 
try and figure out how awful my handicap is. I asked Carp once what he thought my handicap was, and I gave him a line at plus or minus 40, and he said, wow, that's tough because the line's probably 40. He was like, he, he, was, he was like, I think you're probably a 40. I'm probably closer to like an 80 or 100 if that's even possible. Um, I don't think you're an 80 or 100. I don't think you're giving I, yourself enough you, credit. You've never seen me swing a driver. <laughs> no, but like the worst golfer I know, and I'm not going to say who it is, um, but Brownie's probably about like uh, a 35. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what we've established on this podcast today is that Brownie's the worst golfer, you know, and he doesn't have a five hole. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. No, I don't know what Brownie's actual handicap is, and I'll give it to Cam. He he probably played like Ferulo and I are both neck and neck. I'm a seven right now. Ferulo's probably Ferulo doesn't keep a handicap. You're a um, seven? Jeez. Yeah. Um Carp's like a negative. Um is he, is he actually a negative? He's he's not scratch yet. That's what when you go below zero, you're scratch, right. but he's a he's damn near close to scratch. So he's like he's like very low single digits. Yes, very like like less than one, more than zero. See, because I have Which, like I've that, never you're scratch at that. Point other than mind. on TV, I've never really watched a real golfer like like a professional golfer. Like I've played with Carp a couple of times, but like I have nothing to base him off of. Right. Like yeah. I've been to NBA games in person. I've seen, you know, because, you know, and hockey games, same thing. Right. Like I've been to these professional games in person. It's so much different in person than it is when you watch it on television. And like you see the difference. Right. Like I watch these college games that I'm doing play by play for. Right. And it's so apparent how much worse the college guys are than the guys in the NHL and the guys in the NBA. Yeah. So I, I don't have that experience with golf. Because I don't have the like I don't know what it's like to watch golf in person. The thing that bothers me though, I don't know if you watched any of the Genesis Invitational. I, I was watching the 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 restart of it because they had like the weather issue or whatever. So like Saturday morning, I think it was when they had the restart going, or no Sunday morning, Sunday morning when they had the yeah. restart going where they finished out the third round in the morning. Yep. They would swing, and you would wait like two seconds or it, like the, and they would add in the sound of the club hitting the ball and it was never when it needed to be like it was either that happens a lot or a head, and it was bothering me so much it's it because of like it, it, it's it's actually it's because of an echo is that what it is so you know how like you're at a hockey game and you're sitting like if you're at the bruins game and you're up in like the the rafters let's say and someone takes a slap shot. I don't know how the physics of it works, but sometimes they'll shoot. And this doesn't happen in the Bruins game. You need to be pretty far away. But they'll shoot the puck, and then the noise will happen afterwards. Mm. It's it's that. It's a de- it's a delay on the echo of the microphone picking it up. I used to have the same issue. I used to be like, did our t- like I used to think our TV was glitching all the time. And well, my dad I didn't and I think looked that the TV was it. glitching because the thing was that the announcers felt like they were on time. Yeah. It was just that visually I'm watching it and it's hitting and it's happening. Cause like they would be like, and wow, that's a really nice putt as it like goes yeah. in. Like the, the way that they were speaking made it seem like the audio was lined up and it was just, yeah, it depends on what camera they're using. Now we're just choking. Oh, 
God, I mean, Tony Fino's my guy, and he can't yeah. win. <laughs> oh, he, he's won he's a been since the Masters that Tiger won that he choked. Was that 2019? I don't know. He's only he only has one tournament win in his career, and the guys on part of my take looked this up. It was the Puerto Rico Open. Every single winner of the Puerto Rico Open in its 11-year history never won another tournament. So if you win, the, oh so to God. date, the winner yeah, of the Puerto Rico 2016. Open. He hasn't won a tournament yeah. since March of 2016. The winner of the Puerto Rico Open has never gone on to win another tournament. That's crazy. Yep. So I think there's a curse. I mean, yeah, like that 20 or 2018 Masters ends up tied 10th. Oof. Yeah. So, I mean, Finau's my guy, and I was pulling for him big time. And I, it, they both kind of, Homa and Finau, kind of shot themselves in the foot um, with that whole thing. I, Homa should have won the tournament on 18, and he missed that three footer. Right. And then Finau was in the lead, and he, like, entering the foot. Yeah, he chose to. He did, so and he, then he, he had an opportunity. Like, to... over in the third round, wasn't he? Yeah, he, he played awful. Same thing with Jordan Spieth. Jordan Spieth passed. The good news is that Jordan's finding his game again because after he won the Masters and after he had that bunker shot, he kind of went dark for two years and you just didn't see him win anything. You didn't see him have any top 10, any top fives, any really good performances. He was over par consistently. He's come out firing this year. He hasn't won a tournament yet, but he has in like the first three or four tournaments of the year, you know, waste management open the Genesis, whatever he has come out. And on the first two days been like in sole possession of the lead. So I think that's a good sign for him. I think he's knocking on the doorstep and I think he could be in the running for like a master's win or an open win this year, by the way, he's playing consistently top five, top 10 finishes so far. And coming I mean, he's, he's probably going to end up pretty high up there in FedEx points. I'd imagine. I mean, Oh, he definitely finished. should be. Yeah. Like, that's one of those weird things where it's like, if you're so consistently, like, I feel like you could win FedEx Cup points with just, like, top five finishes. Like, if you're so consistently in top five, top ten, I bet you that you end up getting more points than half these. Like, I bet you you beat Thomas and Spieth and all these, and, you know, Johnson and all those guys. You want to talk about marketing? I'm, yeah, I like the FedEx Cup, but... Golf needs golf needs to find needs to find a way to make the trajectory of the season more understandable for non-golf fans. Yeah, no, it, it's absolutely confusing for because like, it's like the FedEx Cup is like the playoff, but then the, the the FedEx Cup is not a major and pretty much anybody only cares about the majors. Right. So if, if you ask me, I think it should be. I mean, I'm not super. So what's the order of the majors in like chronological in the in I believe masters, then open, then U.S. Open, then PGA. Is PGA championship even a major? Yes. Oh, no. Or is it is it the players? The players are. Is it PGA? Let me look it up. I don't even know. I get the players in the PGA confused all the time. Have an idea. I know. I I think PGA championship to not be a major. I believe that, yeah, it is. The the players isn't. 
Yeah. Okay. So that makes sense. But yeah, so it goes. Like, it goes Masters, PGA Championship, U.S. Open, then the Open. So I feel like what it should be is. So are the majors worth more FedEx Cup points than other tournaments? They aren't worth FedEx Cup points. They aren't worth. Okay. So that's but yeah. That's so the majors issue. and the FedEx Cup are like not connected at all. That, I believe. Yeah, that's your first issue. First off, the majors should not only be the worth. The FedEx, FedEx Cup Cups. is relatively new. Right. They they should be worth extra FedEx Cup points, right? Like that should be number one. Then number two, I think you get rid of that FedEx Cup like championship, whatever the last tournament is for that, and you make it one of the majors. And it maybe that rotates every year or something. Yeah. And so it's like you which would be tough because I, I mean maybe you couldn't do that. Like you you would have to like it, 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 it'd be weird to do it, but I feel like the majors should in some way have to tie into it because like, what the heck's the point of majors then? Right. Well, it's just like, so golf with the FedEx cup and the FedEx cup playoff has tried. That's their attempt at, at kind of bringing some sort of structure to what the golf season looks like. But in doing so, you're kind of having the FedEx cup compete with the majors and you will never be able to, to take down the majors, like not get rid the of them. Too, is like, do, but they do will not, they won't to? combine them. Do you, do you need to have a champion of the year? Like why can't the cha- quote unquote champion of the year be something that's up for debate, right? Like why can't that be a debated topic where it's like, Oh, I think this guy had the best year. Well, this guy finished number one after the end of the calendar year. So maybe he had the best year. Cause like you I look agree. at tennis, right? Like yeah. tennis has all of the majors, but they don't care about like, there's no end of year. Like, this person won it all, right? There's no like championship in that sense. And yeah. tennis is doing just fine, right? Yeah, like, I think it's just, I think it's just their attempt at competing with four, the four major sports in the U S you know, like, like right. trying to have a sole winner of like the season or the FedEx cup. I mean, in reality, in my mind, whoever wins the mass, like the masters is like winning the Stanley cup or winning the Lombardi or winning the NBA championship yeah. or whatever it may be. That's what you get the green jacket. Uh, and which that's I feel like, like that's, that's the other season. thing too, is like, even before, like, I'm not a golf aficionado. I never have been, you know, I, it's something that I'm starting to pay more attention to, but even before then, there were two things that you always knew if you were a residual sports fan. It was Tiger Woods is an amazing golfer and the Masters is the big tournament. Right. Right. Like that was like if you are not a golf fan at all, you know, Tiger Woods and you know, the Masters. Mm-hmm. So why not make the Masters more important when it comes to this? Like, why are you trying to take away from that? Right. Yeah. And I think the only way it could work and and it really wouldn't work is if you combined the FedEx Cup and the Masters. But the Masters is the first major of the season. Exactly. It's so, so you can't yeah. end your season with the Masters. It was different have this to, year because of covid. You would have to move it to when they had it this year. And that would be or, your last major of the year. Or you could adjust the calendar. You can make it so that the season technically starts at a different spot, but then off season. Yeah. But then there is, then there is no off season. Cause you go right. from the masters being the end of the season to playing in the U S open in like two months. Yeah. It'd be like a weird schedule where it'd be like the schedule starts quote unquote around the U S open and yep. then goes through, you have that break at the end of the year. And then the season resumes 
right? It'd just be yeah, it wouldn't it's yeah, too choppy. I, I I like the FedEx cut. Listen, I'll watch any golf tournament. Like the Genesis Invitational means absolutely nothing, but I just love watching golf, so I'll watch any golf tournament. And the FedEx Cup comes to Boston now every other year, so you know I love the FedEx Cup. But you will never be able to take away from from the four majors, but especially not the masters. This just, it's too prestigious of a golf tournament. Everybody, like you said, everybody who is a golf fan, everybody who is a non golf fan knows that the masters is the tournament. You win the green, like the green jacket is the Holy grail of golf and you will never, never be able to replace that. Um, so that's my two cents on the whole thing, but yeah. Um, hella content coming. (laughs) Yes. I like, like you said, the TBR tour videos, the golf course is opening in like a month. So, uh, we'll be, we'll be kicking it at the wood in Salem. I want to play carp one-on-one. I want to play for one-on-one. I want to play Seth. Maybe we'll do a scramble with you since you're a relatively yeah. new golfer. We'll do like a two V two scramble. That, that's uh, normally what we do. So me carp Vito and coop would play over the summer and we would do a, it'd be me and dude, it, yeah, no, it was a scramble because it, it would be me and Carp against Coop and Vito. But then we'd also have to give Coop and Vito a stroke because up until essentially until we got within 50 yards of the pin, it was. And even then it was, you know, still mostly Carp. It was basically we're just yeah. playing Carp shot until we're putting. Yeah. That's what. Well, I'm enormously proud of what we did in episode two of TBR tour. We didn't take strokes. And we beat Carp. Um, And I would say, like, I don't want to discredit Vito. And people can go and watch the video and decide for themselves. Vito uses a weighted driver, which I don't think is weighted. It's like a, it's like a weird, I I don't know, man. He just hits it better than his regular driver. Oh, well, he wasn't hitting his driver well that day. I was just just going to say. Because he has this orange one that he uses that's like literally a weighted driver. I don't remember. Like a range drive or something. People can people can go and watch the video and determine for themselves. I don't want to say I single-handedly beat Carp because I definitely didn't. And I think that mentally for me, I'm a better golfer when I have the backbone of the scramble. Um, I think if I were playing straight up, knowing that my shot was gonna be like had to be the one I was taking against Carp, I wouldn't have beaten him. But I but I do also think that we played my ball 95% of the day against carp and people yeah, can go and watch the video and determine for themselves but it's a good I, video like, it's it's well produced thank you yeah and there's there's aspects of it that i want to produce better that we will with with you know the second year of tbr tour um especially shot too, because tracer we're gonna be, really good on that that's like yeah really the shot helpful. tracer i was very proud of like you said the wind was a big factor we need right. to what's it called a wind screen yeah, it's like a and there's two ways to do it. There's it, it, I, the one I'm most familiar with is like a um, it's like this fuzzy like pom pom thing that goes over. Yeah. The light. yeah, I've seen those before. We'll have to get one of those. But um, and also like we used a tripod, but I would I would like the cameraman to not shake the camera as much. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, that's the thing, too, is wasn't the whole thing shot on an iPhone? Um, No. Okay, I, th- I, I I'm trying to think of what it was. Well, the, the episode one was. Episode one was okay. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, using, and then using we, a yeah. using a real video camera and you know having the windscreen are definitely important things to have on that video. Yeah, and the shot tracer too. Like, 
would work better. Like, and this is just like filming tactics. Like if, if, if we didn't move the camera in the middle of the shot, you know, or, or like in the, in the time leading up to and after the shot. Because yeah. Cause it gets so confusing much. as to like, I watch where a lot the ball of, went <laughs> like four play golf. Like they do a shot tracer too, but half the time the camera moves after. And so the, the shot tracer moves and I'm like, well, it's in this 30 yard area. It could be there. It could be there. I have no right. clue where that ball. That actually was my up, issue but. too, especially with my shots, because that was my old driver. I have recently gotten a new driver, but my old driver, I, I kind of had to play a slice. Um, oh, so you hook it a lot, don't you? Or, or not play a slice more than it was a heavy fade. I like to call it. So <laughs> I was in the, like, if you watch me on the back nine in that video, I think I was in the fairway on like every single one of my drives. Oh shit! Really? But I but I play uh, a fade, and I know that course like the back of my hand. But you know, right. I I play a nice fade. But with the shot tracer, when you're moving it, a, a fade on a shot tracer that lands in the middle of the fairway when you move the camera looks like I completely sliced it like into the woods. Right. But now that will be fixed because I have this new driver. Shout out to the Ping G410, sickest driver I've ever hit in my life. I went down to North Carolina and played around with that thing, and I was cranking it like right down the middle, straightest drives I've ever hit in my life. So I'm coming 2021 TBR tour. I'm coming big time. Nice. I, I am arriving. Love that. But yeah, so lots of lots of content to be on the lookout for. I'm excited for it. We'll definitely have to do more podcast episodes now that. Uh, now that March Madness is approaching and, you know, NHL is back, NBA is back and NFL free agency and Boomer Oakley will be back tomorrow night. Wow. It's been a while. Yeah. People think I was just slacking. No, I took that time to make a decision. <laughs> so we're getting the official decision. Are, is the official decision coming out during the stream or is yes. that a. Uh, OK, yes. You will find out when I start streaming. Well, in, I and I'm in that on. I like, I like literally I wasn't, I wasn't like, Oh, I'm, I'm not going to stream or I've just forgotten about it. I opened the game. Like every time I was in online school, I opened the game mm-hmm. and I would scroll through the offers. I got a lot of offers and I was like back and forth about what I wanted to do. Do I want to take a head coaching position at, at, at a B school or do I want to have to with play defense? Right. And I hate defense and I'm, I'm awful at defense, but I made my decision finally. So tomorrow you will all see and 2016 season starts tomorrow. We're also going to start streaming more other games too. Like, like, um, like Michael wanted to do like NHL and like play against other people in TBR and NHL. I want to do, um, I want to do a FIFA road to division one. I'm filth at FIFA, like unmatched. Um, so I want to go from division 10 and online seasons to division one, maybe like stream or do videos, YouTube, whatever. Um, but yeah, just lots of ideas that we are going to execute big year. And that's all I've got. Yeah, sounds good. Do you want to tease for the people, maybe the color of the uniform or a color that is on the uniform? Mm, or sure. they just kind of fucked out. I can, I can tease the color way if you want. Is this like a synonymous? I'm trying to think. It, just name a color on the uniform that it has, but doesn't necessarily like, like with Texas, if you said orange, like. Yeah, that's either Texas or Tennessee or Clemson. Right. So there's like a couple, right? So um, it doesn't okay, even so have to be the black. main color. 
So is that it? You're saying black? Is that your answer? There's some red in there, too. Some red. Okay. Red. Just, we'll go with red. We'll go with red. Okay, I've got two teams in mind here. Why yeah. don't you go ahead and guess? I'm going to guess Texas Tech or Georgia, one of the two. All right, but, well, you'll find out tomorrow night. I mean, have we played in the SEC yet? No, we've just lost to Alabama twice. Right, yeah, so. We've been Big Ten and Big 12 in AAC my first year at UCF. Right. So there's still a bunch of divisions I haven't hit on yet, but of the Power Fives. Um, was not there for the UAF. The UF, whatever it was. Before. Yeah, that was before I streamed. That was just videos. But yeah, tomorrow night, log on to the stream and see who I pick. And that's been it for episode 63, everybody. Mushi Mushi. Have a good week, everybody.